was thinking about what I just said about that medicine. When I was a little boy, the, the Grandma Smith, uh, she used to, I'd get a cold or something, she'd put this thing around my neck called asphidity. You ever heard of it? Don't do it, it stinks. <laughs> but it helps, I don't know. Anyhow, Matthew chapter 27, if you would please. Matthew chapter 27. Just like to read a little bit. Beginning in verse 33. Matthew 27, verse 33. And when they were coming to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there, and set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand, another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and said, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest in three days, save thyself, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking him, with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of the Israel, let him now come down, from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land upon the ninth hour, unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man called us for lies. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether lies will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, a veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in these next few moments that you'll bless each one that's come. There's so much to be said in these verses. There's no way we can get them all said in the time allotted to us in this hour. But I pray, dear God, that you'll let the Holy Spirit take what is said and what has been read and let it go with us out of this place and linger in our hearts and minds as we ponder these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love the sayings that Jesus made upon the cross. 
I'll get to one of them in a few minutes to show you what I'm talking about. It means a great deal to me because uh, my brother is Church of Christ, and right after I got saved, he wanted to see me and came and wanted to convert me over to the Church of Christ. And in doing so, they believe, they said, if you're not baptized, you can't go to heaven. One of the things that helped me a great deal was when I come across this thief is hanging on the cross and he died on the cross. He never had a chance to go to uh, get baptized. And so baptism didn't save him, but yet Jesus said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So I know baptism doesn't save your soul. Amen. And so uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot to these seven sayings that Jesus said upon the cross that has to do with our salvation and explaining things to us as we go. Now, a seven is a perfect number when it numbers as mentioned in Scripture. It's a number of perfection. Jesus' life was perfected through His death upon the cross of Calvary. The word perfect in Greek comes from the word which means gold or purpose. And I want to say this to you, the death of Jesus Christ our Lord upon Calvary was not an interruption of Christ's life. It was His finished work of His life. The death of our Lord Jesus Christ upon Calvary was the finished goal of God in Christ's life. 1 Timothy 1.15 This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Each word on the cross that Jesus uttered represents a phase of his work. There are seven of these sayings, and uh, the first one is the word, first word of Christ upon the cross was the word of forgiveness. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As we take note of these sayings, now I want you to watch them. Notice the first and the last sayings begin with the appealing of Jesus the, uh, the Father, uh, to the Father. This tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ was dying for man's sins, but his death was permitted by the Father and was not the result of the Father's displeasure with his Son. But where there is sin, there must be death. And God the Father was and is pleased with the death of His Son on the cross for our sins. Else we must die for our sins. The loving Father possessed the power to liberate His Son any time He choose to do so. That tells me and you, when we suffer, look to God and call uh, upon Him. His love is demonstrated not in the extension of life, but in the fulfillment of His purpose in you and I. And that is the forgiveness of sin through His Son's blood upon the cross. The very purpose Jesus came in the world was to live, uh, was not to live, but it was to die. Hebrews 9.22 Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So without the death of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross and His shedding blood, we'd have no remission of sin. For forgiveness to become yours, it must be accepted by you. That's by faith. John 1 verse 12, But as many received him to them, gave he power to become the Son of God, even to them that believe on his name. The one thing that I have told people ever since I've been preaching, salvation, John 3, 16, is to everybody. 
Anybody can be saved. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. God wouldn't put John 3.16 in there if it was not so. And the Bible says that God sent His Son to die for the sins of the whole world. But it's not good to you. Uh, the remission is not good to you unless you receive it unto yourself. So it has to be received. The second word Jesus uttered from the cross was the word of salvation. Here Jesus did not speak to the Heavenly Father, but He spoke to an individual, uh, to a repenting thief, a sinner. In Luke 23, verse 43, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now this one verse uh, illustrates to you and I, it says forgiveness is not administered automatically to the whole world, but only to the individuals who express a desire to remember it by the Lord. Jesus never refuses forgiveness to anyone that comes to him. That's one of the, another reason that I love to preach and I love to visit and I love to go see people and I love to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. I can guarantee anybody, anybody, that if you'll ask forgiveness, God will give it to you. Amen? Because the Bible says so. God's never refused anybody that's come to Him in full forgiveness and full repentance of sin and asked Him to give them. He'll do it. And it's instantaneous. Notice this saying, also so salvation is not water baptism because this man got saved without it. But number two, it also said, this also proves salvation is instantaneous. No purgatory here. The Bible didn't say this man died on that cross and, and went to purgatory and then was prayed out. He said, absent of the body, present with the Lord. So that teaches me again. Then uh, the Catholics have talked about you have to go to purgatory and pay out or preach or uh, buy out or whatever out of purgatory and then go to heaven. Not so. Absent of the body, present with the Lord. Again, this proves that a word of repentance from you will do the assurance of salvation from the dying Savior. All you have to do to let God save your soul is repent of your sin. You know what it is? Turn from your way. Think about something. This old thief was thinking about one way. He was stealing, he was robbing people, and then he changed his mind when he saw the Lord Jesus Christ and understood that he was a sinner and needed to be saved. That's repentance. And God never refused a repenting sinner. The third word of Christ on the cross was that of love. Jesus did not forget his mother, or even in his hour of dying upon the cross. And in John chapter 16, verse 26, he said, Woman, behold thy son. Now I want to give you something about that that proves another thing. That does not say that Mary was had any virtue in her to save a soul then. For this one word, Jesus spoke to his mother and said, Woman. Think about that for just a minute. Do you know what that put her in? That put her in the category of every other woman. She was just another woman used by God to bring his son into this world. And though that does away with praying through Mary to get her to pray to Jesus the Son to get favor to God the Father. No, you pray directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary is not the mother of God, but she's the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ and God dwelling in flesh. And here, Jesus was executing God's plan without neglecting His duty of human relationship. Uh, he, we need to remember 
doing God's will does not mean that we cannot express our human love for one another. You know, it, I, I, I don't understand. One of the things that uh, you go back up to my old hometown, go to Grandpa's old house, and, and the older people that lived to be old age up there in West Florida, in those old, old wooden homes they lived in, you'll find these old pictures. And it took them way back then, and people way back then, you never see one of them smiling. Every one of them. They used to tell us when we take our pictures, you straighten up there, don't you be laughing and playing before you took your pictures. Today, I like to take care of pictures of somebody's laughing, having a good time, amen? But back then, uh, daddies and parents didn't tell their kids they loved them. They didn't show them. They didn't put their arms around them and tell them, I love you, son, I love you, and so on. I can never remember, and I mean this, and I mean it for the truth, I can never remember my daddy setting me on his lap and said, son, I love you. But I knew he did. He took care of me. He fed me. He didn't have to tell me he loved me. But one thing I say to parents today and one thing I say to everybody that I can talk to today, it sure is good to hear it. Amen. And it's the best thing you can ever do to one of your children or your husband or your wife or your aunt or your uncle or your grandpa or somebody's close to you and you can tell them, hey, I love you. You know what? And I found out something that don't hurt. People act like it hurts them to say I love you. No, it don't. It's the best thing you can do to somebody. That's human emotions. And we ought to tell one another every once in a while, uh, we love you. I got the sweetest card from my daughter, Cheryl, the other day. I, I, I didn't cry in front of my wife. I went out in the garage and cried. But uh, she, she sent me the quiz for, for, I forgot what you sent it for me to. But it sure was nice. I don't care what you sent it for me to. She said, I'm still your little girl. And I love you. And, and I, I never will. I, I'll carry that thing with me from now on. I thank God that she let me know it. Amen? I mean, after I'm dead, forget it. I like to know it now. And I like it. You ought to see some of the cards that y'all send to my wife. You never send them to me. But you send them to my wife and tell her how much she appreciates the little cards she sends. I preach my heart out. I visit you. I do everything else in the world. But she sends just a little old card that says, I'm thinking about you today and praying for you. And everybody calls her and lets her know, I love you, Mrs. Strong. But let me tell you something. You know what that means to my wife? She sits there and weeps at the table sometimes and reads those little cards from you and from our kids, our grandkids. And one of the things I love about my grandkids, every one of them come by the house and go tell my wife, put her arms around my wife, I love you, Mama. I love you, Grandma. I love you, Mima. Listen, that means everything. Amen? And what we need to learn, Jesus never forgot his mother. And Jesus said, take care of Mom. Amen. Now, that's a that's a word of love from the cross. When Jesus said that, I can always remember something then. Jesus loves me. Amen. The fourth word that was said from the cross was that of anguish. In Matthew twenty seven and verse forty six, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This speaks of Jesus' humanity. He knew why the Heavenly Father had forsaken him at the time because of sin. 
And God cannot look upon sin. Jesus literally became sin for us when He hung there on the cross. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, says, He who uh, was sinless in His body became sin for us. In 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 5, And ye know that He was manifested to take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. Although Jesus Christ was absolutely sinless perfect, He became sin for us. And the Heavenly Father cannot look upon sin. The fifth saying of Christ upon the cross was that of human desire. In John 19, verse 28, And after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scriptures might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. This again speaks of Jesus' humanity. Although He was God in flesh, dying for the sins of man, He was also human, suffering as you and I do. You know why that's so important? If you haven't suffered yet in your body, you will if you live long enough. Amen? You'll have pain. You'll have problems in the body. And I can say to you, every once in a while we'll get pains and we wonder, does anybody ever suffer like this? Anybody ever care if we suffer not? I can say to you, there's one that cares when you're suffering, and that's God the Father through His Son upon the cross. The sixth saying of the words of Christ upon the cross was that of victory. In John 19, verse 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, He says, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Jesus said, my goal is reached. That that I came into the world to do, I've done. Salvation is finished. You can't buy salvation. Jesus has already bought it. You can't earn salvation. Jesus has already paid for it. And you have to be excited about that, to know that Jesus Christ, His work is finished. All you have to do is accept Accept His finished work. Amen? I thank God for one thing. Brother, I don't have to do anything to go to heaven. Jesus has already done it all. Every bit of it. The seventh saying of Jesus from the cross was that of satisfaction of accomplishment. In Luke chapter 23, verse 46, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Jesus' life was not taken from him. The Bible said he could have called 10,000 angels, and one of them, think about it, could have took him down from that cross, but he voluntarily went to die upon that cross instead of you and I. Only God can do that, and only God can save sinners. Notice now, these seven sayings started off with Father and ends with Father, which tells us anyone who can truly and honestly address God as the Father finds satisfactions even in death because he knows with whom his spirit will be eternal. You know what I'm excited about? You might not believe this, but every once in a while I get excited about dying. I get excited about going to heaven. I get excited about it. Jesus could come anymore, and maybe I won't have to die at all in this body. 
have somebody present for the Lord. I got a lot of goods on this earth. God blessed me greatly. I can truly say that, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. But you know what? It ain't a drop in the bucket of what I got waiting on me in heaven. And I look forward to have somebody present for the Lord. Did you ever just wake up in the morning and say, this could be the day? This could be the day that Jesus comes. This could be the day that I take my last breath upon the face of this earth. That don't bother me. You know why? The work of God is accomplished. Jesus' Father is my Father. And if Jesus' Father is my Father, i got no worries. Amen? Absent from bodies, present with the Lord. And my Heavenly Father will take me home. In 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God and one meeting between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. You know what, folks? We're living in crazy times. I will never understand one thing in our government right now. we got a 29-year-old woman telling our House of Representatives what to think and do. You know that's about as dumb as you can get. The Bible speaks a lot about a novice. You know what she's supposed to do? Sit down and shut up. Amen? Amen. That's the best thing she could do in the world. She got another one in there with her. It's almost her same age. Another dummy. Just as much as her. You know who their gods are? Mohammed. Or some other idiot that claims to be God. I got news for you, and I would say this to her face and to the world today if I could speak to her and if I could witness to her. There's one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. I don't care if you're from India, I don't care if you're from Africa, or I don't care if you're from Sulphur Springs like I am in the United States. We have one God. And we have one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. There is no go-between except God the Father and God the Son, which we go between. And this sayings of Jesus on the cross proves every bit of that. God is God. I believe him. Amen. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, would you bless your children today? We're so glad, Lord, that we're counted in the family of God. And we could not 